You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Welcome into the Royal World Basketball Show for another episode featuring a recap of the Battle of the Titans, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, and a trade involving Spicy P and Bruce Brown, some draft picks. Draymond Green is back, gentlemen. Jalen Brown is missing, and we're going to give you all that and more here on the show. Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports alongside Raphael Johnson and myself, Von Delzo of NBC Sports. And we're joined by a familiar face, Adam King of FBI Basketball. It's like he knew the Pacers are in win-now mode, rocking the Indianapolis shirt. Adam, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good, thanks, uh, Vaughn. Good to be here and literally just woke up to the news uh, regarding the trade, so trying to do my due diligence and catch up and, and read what's happened overnight. Um, and, and, yeah, I think I think we knew, well, we had an inkling that it was coming and it actually came and actually eventuated, which doesn't always happen in the NBA. Yeah, this is uh, exciting times to be an NBA fan right now. We get closer to the deadline. There's going to be a lot of guys on the move, which I'm sure we'll be talking about a little bit here today. Uh, we might as well start with the Pascal Siakam deal, gentlemen. Uh, Bruce Brown on the move. Fun fact, Bruce Brown has the fifth highest offensive net rating of all starters in the NBA who have played at least 10 games. Uh, Raphael, what are your thoughts on this deal and uh, break down you know, the extra players and draft picks involved? It's funny. It's like I was thinking back to our Tyrese Halliburton conversation last week, and I was like, you know, one thing I forgot to mention was Bruce Brown's ability to serve as like a secondary playmaker um, in terms of his potential to benefit with Halliburton out. Obviously, that doesn't matter now, and I have my concerns here because he's going to a team that just added Emmanuel quickly. They have Scotty Barnes as the focal point of their rebuild. I assume that he's going to be a starter. Um, but it's kind of like, where does he fit in in terms of the offensive scheme and being able to make some things happen with the ball in his hands? I think he had like five assists or more in each game that Halliburton's missed. So he's probably going to take a hit there with this group as he tries to figure out where he fits in. And also it's like, what's Toronto's motivation to fully work him in? Because he's got an option for next season on his contract. And you know, that's extra money off the cap for the Raptors in one way. You know, if they're not convinced of him at this point, maybe they, I'm sure they try to evaluate him, but it's like, I don't know. I don't, this all happens so quickly. It's kind of like, all right, where do we put Bruce Brown in all this in terms of fantasy <laughs> value? Because it's a lot less clear than it was if he was still with the Pacers. Yeah, totally agree. And Dan, I want your opinion on it because, you know, I'm the one here coming with hot, hot, hot topics. I'm not going to jump and get excited over this deal. You know, it's not a big four situation with Barrett quickly, Barnes and Brown, right? Uh, but where, where do you go in Toronto with this? Um, so I'm looking at the money, and I find it hard-pressed that even though Toronto acquired Bruce Brown, they're not going to play him. Like, I think they're going to make him a starter. He's already the second highest contract on their team behind R.J. Barrett. Um I think the good thing is, is what Raph talked about is that flexibility. You have a chance to see what you have in him. Cause I do think he is a good um, creator. Um, and he's, he's just kind of a do it all Jack of all trades kind of a player. So I think he'll fit well in a very unselfish system like Toronto. Um, so I don't think that this really does anything 
more or less to move the needle on his fancy value. He's like 130th, 134th in points leagues, 136th in category leagues right now. So like, I don't think he's going to go, his production is going to move that much. What this does benefit or who this does benefit is Scotty Barnes, because now Pascal Siakam's 25% usage that led the team is now going to be distributed amongst the rest of this squad. So I think RJ Barrett is going to be in a good place. Emmanuel quickly is going to be in a good place. Both of those guys have been top 60 players since coming to Toronto. So I don't think that that's going to change much. Um, I think this really mostly impacts those Indiana power forwards who have been literally getting each opportunity to start a handful of games and then ultimately, you know, get moved to the bench. So Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith, these are all guys that I've probably, I was highest on Neesmith, but I feel like at this point, he's probably going to be a fringe waiver guy now because you have Pascal Siakam here. Like the dude's going to get 30 plus minutes and he's really good. He's a two-time NBA player. So uh, I think I'm more so out on the, the, the Pacers power forwards now that this trade went down. Yeah, that's a very good point you make. And Adam, is there anybody that you're picking up or dropping because of these moves on either team? I don't think so. I think Siakam probably gets a little bit of a bump here, just moving away from like your RJ Barrett, Manuel Quickly, Scotty Barnes. They all like the ball in their hands. Going to the paces outside of Halliburton, there's not really a dominant sort of ball, um, ball hog, I suppose. So I think he gets a little bump. I was actually hoping that one of the pieces going back to Toronto here would have been a Jalen Smith or a um, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Jackson. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, because mm-hmm. Raptors don't have a lot of centre depth, so mm-hmm. it, that could have been a nice little opportunity for Isaiah Jackson to, well, step into a starting role immediately because Pirtle's out. Um, but when Pirtle comes back, they've shown they don't necessarily like to play him 30, 32 minutes a night. So I was hoping that would happen and it didn't happen. So, um, yeah, and as for Bruce Brown, yeah, I think he's he probably takes a bit of a hit, um, especially with what he'd been doing the last couple of games in Indiana with Halliburton out. Yeah, certainly can't expect Bruce Brown to put up that type of production. Uh, in a crowded, crowded position, I feel like, in Toronto. But Indiana, one of two teams on pace to break an NBA record in scoring. Milwaukee and the Pacers both average over 125 points per game. So excited to see what uh, Pascal Siakam can do in that Indiana offense. Uh, Let's transition into Golden State. And they're in a tough situation, gentlemen, because they had to postpone a game to a medical emergency uh, with their assistant coach. It appears it's coming out that he has passed. So you know the Warriors are such a classy organization that they'll do all they can uh, to make sure their entire organization and their fans are in the right state. So we want to send our thoughts to Golden State, the organization, players, and coaching staff. And uh, when they do get back on the court, gentlemen, Raphael, I'll start with you. Um, you know, Draymond Green is finally returning after all that he's done this season. And they've been in a tough spot. The Warriors obviously struggling to win on the road. Uh, how does him coming back impact this team? We know Clay Thompson is trying to been pick it up over the past week or two. I think his playmaking ability is one area that can help them. You know, no Chris Paul right now. Um, of course, you know, as you mentioned, the tragedy, you know, the thoughts go out to the franchise. We don't know exactly when they're going to be back out on the court, but Draymond's ability to serve as a playmaker um, can really help them out, you know, getting the ball movement and whatnot. Maybe free up Steph Curry to do a bit more scoring because they, they really need that. Um, I think one positive from their loss to Memphis was that Jonathan Kaminga still really had, had a really good game and um, that coming off the bench. So I think as long as his development isn't stunted, as it has been these last couple of years, I guess you would argue, 
I think he's someone who could benefit as well. But I, I don't know what you do with those bigs. You know, I think Trace Jackson Davis, someone that a lot of us have been high on because of his play earlier this season, I think he's the one who's probably going to take the biggest hit just because of his youth. And it doesn't seem like they really favor playing the young guys at this point. So Kevon Looney's still in there playing about 20 minutes per game. You got Dario Sarge as well. I think those guys will all take a hit because Draymond's going to get his minutes back up to where they usually are. Yeah, Draymond could certainly play the one through five for Golden State, but I'm disappointed, Rafael. You can't bring up an Indiana Hoosier around me after they just got smacked by the Purdue Boilermakers last night. I was on Indiana, man. We needed Trice Jackson Davis. I missed him. Uh, certainly a body there for Golden State now. Adam, uh, what's your thoughts on Golden State's rotation now? Is there anybody that you're dropping you got higher hopes for now that Draymond is back? Um. No, look, I think the bigs, as Raf sort of alluded to there, Trace Jackson Davis, I've seen him dropped in a few spots. Uh, I've seen Brandon Pajemski dropped in a few spots as well. Um, a month ago, he was sort of the next big thing. He was getting good minutes, um, and we thought when, when Chris Paul went out, he'd maybe get a bump, but he hasn't really seen that uh, other than that one game, but Steph Curry didn't play in that game. So, yeah, look, I think Draymond, if he's available, you you probably go and grab him and we know who he is. He'll get you some, he won't score, but he'll get you some boards, some assists and, and a, sort of a, a sprinkling of defensive stuff. Um, he is who he is at this point, but I don't know. Like we, we sort of keep waiting for the Warriors to turn it around from a production standpoint. And it, it just hasn't happened yet. Um, and these guys are getting older. Steph Curry seems to be, he, he slumps if you call them slumps seem to be extending beyond one or two games. They're, they're out to three or four games. And so I don't know, is this the start of the the end for for the squad as it looks? Um, it's going to be an interesting next, well, six months for the Warriors to see whether they decide to build, try and build around Steph again for one last run or do they just tear it down? I think the uh, start of the end began a while ago for the Warriors <laughs> Uh, but I also feel, Adam, like the last three or four times that we've been on a show together, we've talked about the Warriors in this same fashion uh, about the end of this era coming to an end. And we certainly kept that going here on the show. Dan, uh, what do you think of this? Is there anyone you have your eye on now, whether it's dropping or picking up in the situation? Yeah, I think they actually covered most of it. Um, I guess I'm just waiting to find out what they're going to do, that being the Warriors at this point, because when you lose to Memphis – uh, that was that was a bad L, and um, <laughs> they've said in the media that they you know want to give the younger players an opportunity to play. Moses Moody's hurt now, so that's not going to work out for him. But like, are they going to yeah. continue to stay committed to Jonathan Kaminga, or are they? Uh, it, I don't know. I, I think at this rate, you just got to wait and see what happens. But I wouldn't be jumping to grab many of the Warriors right now, like unless Draymond Green's sitting out there in shallow leagues. Like, sure, grab him, but. Um, I'm a, I'm of the opinion now, like I'm a Brandon Pajemski truther and I'm struggling to, to justify keeping him right now. So, um, if you guys want to cut bait with some of those guys, Trace Jackson Davis is another guy that I don't know because Dario Sarge is still getting minutes. So I, I just, Kevon Looney's still out there. It's, it's a hard thing to kind of target. So I would probably just stay away if, if I had the choice. Dario Sarge still making his way around the league. But yeah, the loss to the Grizzlies was certainly bad. Even Raphael's Knicks beat the Grizzlies uh, without Jalen Brunson, which we'll get there into the second because it was a little sunnier in Philadelphia today. Was it not, Dan? 
<laughs> I'm sure it was. I heard it snowing, but hey, when when uh, Embiid goes off for another 40 point performance, hey man, things are good. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tuesday morning, not as well in Philadelphia. Everyone's definitely throwing snowballs. No greasing of the light poles. Uh, but Wednesday morning, a little bit better with the Sixers winning and holding down. Yeah, not rather we're, than the we're over the over the Eagles' loss. Over over that. Over yeah, 126-121 <laughs> win, though, for Philadelphia. It was a great game. Sixers were trailing in the fourth quarter, came back to win that one. Uh, as you mentioned, MB dropped 41, had 10 assists, 7 boards. Joker, 25 points, 19 boards, and 3 assists. Uh, Dan, that is your squad. I'll start with you. And I know we mentioned in last week's episode about Maxi and Harris and these guys having to step up. Uh, Maxi, man, 10 straight games of 20-plus points. And Harris, 20 or more in 8 of his last 11. Pretty good. Yeah, I think Charles, um, I think Shaq was actually talking about it. And usually I don't really listen to Shaq when he's talking, but he, he was right <laughs> yesterday. It's like, this is all on Tobias Harris, which is much of what most Philly fans have been saying. Like, he needs to step up as the third guy. And so far he's been doing it, but don't be surprised when he disappears. Tobias Harris is always one of those fancy players that I'm like pleasantly surprised at how good he is, but I wouldn't mind selling him ever. So, you know, if I'm a fancy manager that has Tobias Harris, here's my public service announcement, trade him. If, if you can ride this high streak. Um, but I will say one player that I've been kind of watching is, is Kelly Oubre. He's been playing pretty well with DeAnthony Melton out, but once DeAnthony Melton comes back, what does that mean for him? So he's another person that I would probably say, if he continues to play well, trade him. Um, and then deep leagues, you know, I've been kind of monitoring Marcus Morris. Um, he's been playing better. And uh, I feel like there might be a place for him in fantasy if he continues to play the minutes. But right now, Nick Batum's healthy, so he probably won't. But just kind of keep an eye out for him. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun seeing how the rotation unfolds in Philadelphia. Raphael, do you hear that shot at Shaq uh, Dan just took? It's yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy, man. Hey, man. Come on, Shaq. Uh, come on. We're not going hear... to Shaq for a no, we, we, we don't need to elaborate. Yeah, we don't need to elaborate on any of that. Did you hear uh, yeah. Pat Riley, though? His little subtle shot at Shaq when he announced they're going to be putting a uh, statue for Dwayne Wade outside the arena, even bigger than Shaq's. Uh, <laughs> I did. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really get into the, the subliminal <laughs> shots and all that. And it's like, <laughs> who else would the Heat give a statue to? Like, who well, almost has like, it? You know, so it's like, well, yeah, him. That's fair. Him, that's him fair. as well, but that, that's certainly fair. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with Dan. I think Tobias Harris, in terms of his performance on Tuesday, that was my biggest takeaway because he played poorly against the Rockets on Monday. And it's like Embiid's first game back, is like, oh, boy, here we go again. So, you know, for him to bounce back and have the performance that he did, 24 points with a full stat line, that's certainly encouraging. Now you want to see it happen again. I think you may need to see that before you try to trade him because – not like fancy managers are going to forget what they saw on Monday, you know? So <laughs> I think if anything, you want to see Tobias throughout the remainder of this week. If he can build on that performance against Denver, then you try to strike while the iron's hot with, with, with regard to a trade. Anything you want to add to that, uh, Adam, regarding Tobias Harris? Is there anyone else too that you're looking at uh, adding or dropping on Philadelphia now that Embiid's back? No, I think Harris was sort of, yeah, I mean, we always have that thought in the back of our heads that when they're healthy, he's not going to do as much, and, and he didn't in that first game, but but yesterday was really good. It's probably a guy that's tricky to sell if you were looking to try and sell high because I think any like, managers that know their stuff are always going to be a bit, well, no, I, I, I'm not going to fall for this Tobias Harris. 
So if you've got him, you just you just hold him and, and hopefully he continues <laughs> what's been a good season. Uh, and Kelly Oubre, as Dan said there, I think trying to sell him um, after a couple of good games because he's he's typically pretty empty when it comes to fantasy stats. He'll get you some points and threes, but um, doesn't do a lot else. So I think, especially as once Melton is back, um, he he probably moves to more that stream sort of category. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Adam, quick question. Uh, who gets a statue first in Miami, LeBron James or Udonis Haslam? <laughs> uh, well, LeBron <laughs> might get it just because he'll pay for it himself. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Put it up wow. to make it got Raphael to Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, then he had to pay for Chris Bosh or Ray Allen's too. Cause, yeah, he'll do that uh, too. We, we, we all know why. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, moving on to San Antonio, uh, not a great transition at all. Uh, two great halves by Victor Wembanyama, uh, or one great half, excuse me, and not as great of a half from Victor Wembanyama against the Atlanta Hawks, who are always, always the best bet on MLK Day to at least get a victory. Uh, Wemby, zero points in the first half, Dan. But uh, explodes second half, finishes with 26 points, 13 rebounds, and five blocks. Um, still on the Chet Rookie of the Year train. And uh, what's going on San Antonio with the waiver wire? Come on, man. You know, I've been waiting for this moment. Are, are we there yet, Raph? Is he off your, your watch list yet? Who? You who what I'm talking about? Jeremy Sohan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is he, he there yet? <laughs> Have you come he's around? there. Yeah, I'm starting to come around, but. I, all I care about is them continuing to start Trey Jones at point guard. That's all I care about. <laughs> like, stop playing around with, with these other guys. Go with Trey because he's the one who makes it easiest for Victor to get his opportunities. Um, not, I apologize for butting in on your combo, Dan, but I would say what Trey Young said after the game when they asked him about Victor Wembanyama was a bit revealing to me. It's like when opposing players can see the fact that guys aren't getting the touches that they deserve. That's interesting, to say the least. And uh, there were energy issues in that first half, but it's like there are also times where the the Spurs don't seem to get Victor the ball where he needs it, when he needs it. Um, He's the clear focal point. He needs to be treated as such. There are other good players in that roster, but, hey, man, it ain't your turn to shine anymore. It's Vic, you know? So it's like get get the man the ball, you know, force feed him if you have to. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, clearly they need to give Victor Wembanyama the ball more, and I think the the way that Pop – I think this is the concern about drafting Wemby was that Pop was going to be handling him with, with kid gloves, and he, he's mm-hmm. still kind of doing that. I think we'll start to see him let off on that a little bit more. Um, but I think it's it's been positive what we've seen from Devin Vassell. Um, as as much as I want to see Webb and Yama get more touches, I've probably wanted to see more because I have more shares of, of Devin Vassell, mm-hmm. uh, watching him get going, which is great. Um, but I will say that, you know, with three games left this week, I think Jeremy Sohan is a person that you can pick up with confidence. The dude's averaging 15 and six over the last – uh, seven days. He's actually making his free throws. He's up to 89%. And uh, he's actually hitting one and a half three. So this is a guy that I think can actually help your fantasy team, even though Raph still doesn't believe so. 
Yeah, he, he muted himself because he uh he was making faces <laughs> over there. <laughs> He's not there yet, Dan. You gotta you gotta keep pulling him in, reeling him in. Hey, slowly. each week I'm gonna this is this is my this is my guy for the for for the the short term. I could be off Sohan next week, but so far since I've been mentioning him, he's been. He's been rising up, man. He's over 40% roster now. I think that'll change to over 50 by the end of this week. Yeah, it certainly could happen. And Adam, I want to ask you about a couple, anybody you want to hit on, but I want to ask you about Devin Vassell because uh, these guys actually helped me out last week. I was going to take Vassell to score 20-plus points off the bench, and they said, do not do that, my man. Uh, he scored 17. I missed his last three shots. Uh, but he's certainly been better off the bench. Are you targeting a guy like him or anybody else worth picking up? Uh, yeah, look, I'm pretty I'm – Pretty high, and Vassell probably as high as anyone. Um, so I've been pretty impressed with what, well, the last game, I'm not counting that one, that was pretty bad. Last two, I think, actually, he's been pretty ordinary. But he, but he had started looking better. Um, so I still see him long-term as a key piece for them, um, probably alongside Wembenyama. I agree with Raf. I think Trey Jones needs to be starting at point guard. And I think they're going to stick with it. Um, the concern was that once Malachi Branham came back, they'd move him back in, but Branham came off the bench in the last game. So I'm hoping they stick with Trey Jones. Um, yeah, I mean, Wemby, I, I feel like Wemby next year, someone's going to take him with a first pick in a, in a just a redraft league. He's going to go number one in some leagues because of, like, what he's doing is just unprecedented. He's, it's ridiculous. So... Um, I've got him in two leagues and and the only frustrating part, as we sort of touched on, is those kid gloves and, and that he's been managed a little bit. But he played 27, 27 minutes in, the, in that loss the other day. The next step will be whether he plays in the back-to-back this week. Um, I'm still not convinced that he will. Uh, it would be nice. Um, and I'm with Dan. I like Jeremy Sayan. I... I've I've got him um, in a couple of leagues and and he's been all right the, the last little bit since they moved him out of the point guard role <laughs> he's looked better um, playing in, in his natural position so uh, yeah I, I I vouch for him and 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 think he probably should be rostered in most leagues. All right, well Rafael, you got to get on the Jeremy Sohan. One convert, man. yes. Come on, I, I didn't say I didn't oh, like him, but it's just that. <laughs> He tried to – it was like trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole Yeah. in terms of playing him at the point, and it just wasn't working. And no. it felt like it took too long for them to come to that realization. That was my biggest issue with it. We share your sentiments for sure. Yeah. So Trey Jones yeah. – but it would be interesting to see, like with all the rumors of, you know, DeJounte Murray being on the trade block, I'd be curious if I – mean, the way he left, it was kind of weird. I'm surprised that San Antonio would openly want him back, but yeah. – um, I don't know what Pop is looking for, but clearly it's not Trey Jones. So I'd be interested to see if they're actually going to make a move at the deadline to get a point guard that he envisions, you know, unlocking Wemby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, a year ago, DeJounte Murray probably had absolutely no interest in ending up back in San Antonio. But with Mbanyama, maybe. Uh, but before we end the conversation, Adam, because you did uh, pique my interest there, would you take Wemby number one in your leagues next year? How high would you take him? Uh, I'd consider it. So I'm in a league where we actually end in about three weeks. Um, and the league, there's 16 teams. It splits into two divisions, division one, division two, and we redraft. So we'll act, I'll be actually be doing a fantasy live, real fantasy draft in about three weeks. 
and I'm interested to see where Wemby goes. Um, he'll go in the first round. I don't think he'll go first because people will want those guys that are going to be playing consistent minutes in April. Um, I don't think Wemby will be. So, yeah, look, I I don't know. I'd consider it, I think, just because he is, he, his ceiling is so high um, and we haven't seen it yet. So... I think it'll depend a little bit on what the Spurs do in the off season and whether they do look like they're ready to sort of roll him out and, and push for wins and that sort of thing, or whether they're just going to be playing for draft picks again and, and just sort of handling him a little bit cautiously. So I think I'd consider it. Yeah. It's a pretty cool league to be redrafting. Uh Halfway through the NBA season, definitely makes it interesting and challenging. End up with a whole different roster than you started with. Yeah, uh, that could be you know make it or break it for you. Raphael and Dan, where would you take Wemby? Are you taking him as high as one next year? I don't know about first overall. Um, maybe five. I think five is fair game for sure. I could, yeah, I could see it just because I'm not a big fan of like per thirty six numbers, but you look at him and what he's doing in like half a game you get him up to regular starters minutes, it's hard not to be enticed by that. Um, obviously, you look like at a Nikola Jokic or a Joel Embiid, we've seen them play those types of minutes and be highly productive. So I think I would lean towards guys like that. But yeah, back into the top five, I think that's certainly fair in terms of a redraft league next year. Well, Wemby, just, I've just pulled it up. Wemby is seventh best player in nine category leagues over the last mm-hmm. month in 24 and a half minutes a game. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you can make the case for top three. Like, I think you would go yeah. Jokic, probably go Jokic, Shea, Embiid, one of those guys, and then Wemby. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that that's, I would be okay with it. And when based off the block upside and just everything he does, man, like we haven't even seen what he can do, which is crazy. Yeah. And he's still, you know, first round value. That's, that's insane. So you're taking Wemby over Giannis potentially next year? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Sure. Not even yeah. close. Not even close. In category leagues, yeah. Points league, I'd probably think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think for me, one thing with, with Wemby, I know we need to move on here. Wemby has been his efficiency. I think we he sort of came in and we thought, oh, he's going to shoot forty two percent just because he's going to be throwing up all these threes and he's he's not he's not built to play inside. Um, but again, over the last month, he's fifty one point six percent, forty six percent for the season. So I think you could project him to be a forty six forty seven percent guy, which I think is higher than probably what we thought initially. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, he's he's living up to expectations, and uh, he is now coming in hot for Rookie of the Year, right behind Chet, uh, plus 190, or minus 190 to plus 125 in odds. So uh, the Wemby train is rolling on. The Sohan train, we're just getting started, baby. Uh, but, guys, it's a big divisional round matchup on NBC and Peacock this weekend. I'm pretty excited to watch. The Lions are looking to continue their storybook season. They continue to advance the NFC Championship with a win over Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, the coverage starts uh, for at 2 p.m. Divisional round matchup in Detroit Eastern on NBC Peacock, 2 p.m. Eastern there. And uh, I'll say this, gentlemen, I like Jared Goff over passing yards in that game. It's indoors as well. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well, then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. 
go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Um, and a team that I don't like taking the over on, Raphael, is the Knicks. Uh, they like to grind you out, my man. And now without Jalen Brunson, they haven't been scoring many points. He was out for the last two games. They went one and one without him. Uh, they did beat the Grizzlies, but they lost to the Magic. Uh, what's his timetable and what caught your eye? Anything like Miles McBride on the waiver wire? Yeah, I believe he'll be a game time call again tonight against the Rockets. Um, tonight being Wednesday, obviously. Miles McBride has, has played well individually in terms of scoring 19 points against Memphis, 20 against the Magic. But the playmaking, there's a clear difference in terms of you know what we see, what we've seen from the Knicks when Brunson's available versus when he's out. I think that's got something to do with Julius Randle's recent struggles um, just because yeah. he's had to work a little bit harder to get his own looks. And while that can be good at times, at other times it can be absolutely terrible. Um, so <laughs> I think that would be like the biggest issue here. As long as Brunson sits, I think McBride is worth grabbing. You're just not expecting too much in that assist category, which feels a bit weird to say about a point guard, to be honest with you. Yeah, totally agree. Julius Randle started out, I believe, one of seven from the field uh, mm-hmm. against the Magic in the last game. It was definitely a struggle. Adam, what's your thoughts on the Knicks? Anyone worth picking up in case Brunson is out again? Yeah, I think it's McBride. Um, I think he, he's had two good games. Um, and whereas Quinton Grimes, who we probably thought, well, maybe he steps up and does some stuff, he hasn't. So, yeah, I think it's probably McBride. Um but again, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like this is a, a long-term thing for Brunson. He's. He, I just checked. Um, he, he's still questionable for tonight, so they'll give him a bit of time. Um, so it's really just McBride and and quick shout out to Harden, Isaiah Hardenstein as well, mm-hmm. who's um, saved a couple of my fantasy seasons <laughs> this <laughs> year. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's he's popped up on this show quite a few times already this year. Uh, Dan, uh, what do you like in New York and what don't you like? Uh, yeah, I'm with them. It's Deuce McBride season if Jalen Brunson misses another game, but, uh, I feel like we'll see Brunson return pretty, pretty soon here. Um, yeah, I'm not overly concerned about his injury. I was looking at whether it makes sense to pick up someone like Josh Hart, but he's not really doing enough to, to warrant any attention in fantasy. So, um, just don't expect much from Deuce other than scoring in threes. But yeah. if you need it, go get him. Yeah. That, definitely an awkward situation for, I feel like, the guards in New York. When Brunson is out, uh, hard to pick who you want to pick up there. But pretty disappointed in Dan that you didn't give me something you did like in New York, like, you know, pizza, the subway system. I set you up for saying something cool there. Um, man, sorry, New York's man. a nice city to visit, but nah, ain't, nah. You won't, you won't find me uh, doing too much in New York City other than just – Getting there and then leaving promptly. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I had the option, uh, Adam, to go to New Year's Eve uh, in New York. And I said, oh, why I would I ever do that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So in uh, the Knicks, you know, they play better at home than on the road. And that's how I stick. Yeah. I'm going to stay at home and I'm not going to go on the road for anything like that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, the Miami Heat. Somewhere I would go for New Year's Eve, by the way. Uh, New York sure. Heat. Got Jimmy Butler back, but they lost our guy, Hame Hawkwes. We've been real high on him, Adam. He's been a uh, fan favorite of the show. Is there any action to be had in Miami on the waiver wire? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's this is a very Miami thing. They're never healthy. There's always someone out. So, I mean, 
whenever Harkers comes back, someone else will get injured. That's just what they do. So, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I don't think there's anyone that we're running to grab. Um, Jovic has been starting but hasn't been doing anything. Um, Duncan Robinson has cooled off a little bit. I thought he might step up. Um, Josh Richardson, I, I suppose, Caleb Martin. Mm-hmm. They're all names that you could consider, but none of them sort of leap off the page to me as must roster guys, If just if you need to plug someone in to fill a roster spot. Um, but no sustainable value there, I don't think. Rafael, are you off Duncan Robinson this week now? Um, I don't know if I'd be completely off of him because they still need his points and three-pointers. Mm-hmm. So I think you can still get something there in deep leagues. Um, I think with Josh Richardson and Caleb Martin, at best, they're watch list guys right now. Um, just because they haven't offered the value that I think a lot of us expected from them. You know, missing extended time due to injuries probably has a lot to do with that. But I think at best, you're watch listing those guys. If you have Duncan Robinson, I think you kind of hold on to him for a little bit. In, in deeper leagues, standard leagues, maybe not so much. I think you can find some better options out there, but that's probably the most I would do with the Heat right now. Yeah, sounds like we're pretty much in agreement there, Dan. Do you have anything adding, or should we go from Vice City to the City of Angels? No, let's go to the City of Angels. I agree with those guys. Okay, we got Ivica Zubak who got an injury now. You know, he's been a guy we've talked about a lot. 25 and 13 this year, the Clippers are when he plays and he leads the team in rebounding percentage. So there's a lot of mouths to feed down low. Uh, what are you looking at for the Clippers? Um, so this is an interesting situation because I, I tweeted yesterday or zeted. Um, I think Daniel Tice is going to get probably 20 minutes, and then obviously um, Miles or Mason Plumley started. So I think Plumley played great, but he's under a minutes restriction, so I'd imagine that would continue. I think they're going to continue to split that center work, but – I think we would also probably see the Clippers play smaller. So that could benefit Terrence Mann. That could benefit Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell. So I'm not rushing to get Plumlee. He can do things fantasy-wise, competent rebounder, good defender. But I don't think he's a must-add by any means just because Zoo's going to be missing four weeks. So um, I wish there was more actionable information off of this. I feel like it's just going to be an adjustment for Ty Lue and the Clippers um, they're continuing to win games, and, and I think that they're they're showing that they're using the next man up approach, and I think this is just going to be the same situation where we're not going to have a, a clear winner here uh, with Zoo's absence, but he's been awesome, and the Clippers are playing just outstanding basketball right now. Yeah, two things that caught my attention. You said the small ball. I feel like the Clippers will be playing that a lot. Maybe like Kawhi or Paul George sliding to that four a little more often right. uh, and mm-hmm. see how that works out for them. And uh, Terrence Mann, uh, Adam, he's only had four, five, six shot attempts for the majority of their games now with James Hart intact. Is he someone worth picking up now that Zubox out, or are you looking elsewhere? Uh, no, not for me. I think initially uh, I think we were all of the opinion that um, that Tice would probably play more minutes than Plumley, just because Plumley was ramping back up. But then, of course, Plumley came out and played 28 minutes and, and played quite well. Uh, Westbrook was limited because of that, uh, because it's, it's tough to have him and Plumlee on the floor together, uh, just in terms of floor spacing. So I think it's going to be a little bit matchup dependent. I think in certain games, I'll go with Plumlee as your more traditional centre. Um, and then if you don't necessarily need his, his sort of bulk, they'll go with Tice. And if it's Tice, it's probably Westbrook gets a bump as well. Um, I'm, I haven't got numbers in front of me, but I would say Plumlee was 
probably added in a lot of leagues last night based on what he did yesterday. Um, and we saw in Charlotte last year he was he, he was worth rostering uh, in 30 minutes, 28 to 30 minutes a night. Um, he's, a, he's a decent assists guy from the centre position. So, yeah, look, I mean, if you want to grab him and, and just see what happens, but I, I don't think this will be a 28 to 30 minute every night deal. I think it'll be some nights and then other nights it'll probably be closer to 20 and they'll lean on Tice a little bit more with Westbrook. Yeah, he's up Sounds to 13% rostered like... in mm-hmm. Yahoo League, so 9% change just from last night. So people are definitely getting on the Plumlee train. Yeah. A week ago. Uh, could you see what the number was a week ago? Because that might have been 1%. Uh, like <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. It was yeah. definitely sub-5 for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, very interesting stuff there. Uh, Rafael, anything worth adding on the Clippers' forefront? Not really. Like the guys mentioned, I think a lot of it's going to be dependent on how well Plumlee's playing, and also the matchups. Um, yeah. He played well last night, so there's. I don't think there was a minute where either he or Tice wasn't on the floor um, based on that minute split, which mm-hmm. obviously, like like Adam mentioned, that limited Westbrook in terms of his, his minutes. So it's going to be difficult to peg that. I think it's more of a, a question of, like, I think it may have a greater impact on DFS than it will, like, regular fantasy league just Mm -hmm. because you can look at a matchup and say, okay, he might be better off in this one as opposed to a different matchup. So I think that's where you may see the impact as opposed to like your regular fantasy leagues. Good point. That's yeah. I think that's really good advice to go off of. Uh, It sounds like it's going to be interesting, unreliable situation uh, as far as fantasy with the Clippers Mm -hmm. um, and those bigs here, but uh, we do have something I'm going to stick with you with Raphael staying in Los Angeles because D'Lo is back to being a starter with the Lakers. Uh, it was a short-term thing. We seen him on the bench. They went four and three with him on the bench, sixteen and fourteen with him as a starter. Uh, Any nothing really changed as far as offensive and defensive net ratings. So, uh, <clears throat> good move, bad move. Anything worth acquiring in the waiver wire? He was he was all right against the Thunder on Monday. He had five turnovers, but hey, they won the game. You know, um, they just need to stack wins at this point, obviously. Yeah. I think Austin Reeves had seven assists and two turnovers, six to ten from the field in that game. I I don't really know, man. The the Lakers are just – they're they're kind of a mess. It's like that L.A. soap opera that they usually usually are every year. Um, I don't know. It's not like you dropped – Russell, once he moved to the bench, he was still rostering well over 80% of Yahoo League. So I don't think there's going to be someone that you can add. And and with that being said, you weren't going to find someone to replace him with on that roster. So, no, man, no, man. (laughs) He's starting. That's good for him. I just don't know what the end game is going to be for the Lakers in terms of being a playoff team, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, 20 and 21 on the season, sitting 10th in the West in that playing spot. Seven wins on the road. One more than the Portland Trailblazers, Dan. Pretty impressive, man. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I just don't believe – I don't know that I believe that D'Lo is going to hold on to this spot for the rest of the season. Like, it's clear that the Lakers don't trust them. The question is, like, are they going to make a move to change that? Gabe Vincent's going to be out for a significant amount of time. They don't really have much depth, so they're – they, the, they have to play D'Lo. Um, and D'Lo's been public in the media about how he needs the ball. But like as Raf said, like as good of a game as he had, he turned over the ball five times. 
that's not going to work against good teams. And this team is barely alive right now. Like the Jazz are better than the Lakers. So I don't know. Yeah, you hold on to them. But I, I feel like this is a good D'Lo game, much like many of the other people that we talked about, like Tobias Harris. He's one of those names that's synonymous with mediocrity and being regular mid. Um, so I don't know what you can really trade him for, but enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't really have D'Lo in any spots, but you know, I feel like he'll be useful when he's starting. He'll get the points. He'll get like five or six assists. Like that's pretty consistent. Um, whether he's efficient, you know, game to game, I think that's what's going to be the the deciding factor in his fantasy value. But if he's starting, he's worth playing. Yeah, no one's rushing to the window to get D'Angelo Russell, it sounds like. Any stock in him, Adam? Um, anything you want to add on the Lakers? But we also have some news in Portland that DeAndre Aiden is returning. Uh, so that's certainly exciting, too. Anyone worth dropping or picking up in L.A. or Portland? Uh, in L.A., yeah, look, I mean, D'Lo is who he is at this point. I mean, even coming into the season, people were trying to make a case for Gabe Vincent starting over him. So he's not... I don't think he's viewed as a key piece moving forward for them. You sort of roster him. He's, he's top 100. He gets you some assists. That's about it. As Dan said, you you enjoy this while it lasts. Try and sell him if you could get a top 70 player for him, if he has a couple of good games. Because he can do it. He might have two games where he goes off for 28 yeah. points and 10 assists or something. So try and sell him if you can. But if not, just yeah, hold him and see what happens. In Portland, Um yeah, look, Aiton uh, perhaps coming back. Uh, Duop Reith is probably the, the guy that's benefited the most with him out. And I think once Aiton's back, I, I think you just move on from Duop Reith because he had no value when Aiton was playing. So, um, yeah, maybe you hold uh, Reith for one game just to, to see what they do with, with Aiton and that he's fit and healthy and ready to go. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's – in terms of – Relating directly to Aiton, I don't think there's much uh, much to do other than the wreath stuff. Kingy, do you do you trust Aiton the rest of the season? And no. and <laughs> do you think and do you think Jeremy Grant is worth holding on to in ten and twelve team leagues? Uh, I don't trust Aiton, and I haven't from before we drafted this season. I was sort of one of those ones that was very cautious. I didn't draft him anywhere not because of what he could do per game, just because I didn't think he would want to play for Portland, um, having seen what he was like when Phoenix were bad. Um, Jeremy Grant, another guy that I don't have anywhere. Uh, I feel like he's he's transitioned over the last few years from a guy you could rely on for defensive stuff. Like he was yeah. When he was in Denver, he used to always be a one steal, one block, one three. Uh, with some points and boards. Now he's just points and, and on bad efficiency, doesn't get rebounds, doesn't get defensive stuff. So I think you probably still hold him um, just for the points alone because he, he's going to get you 20, 22 points a night. So I think you probably hold him. But again, he might be someone, if if he goes off for a few games and has some 30-point explosions, try and sell him. Um but, yeah, again, he's not someone that I invested any anything into and I'm not regretting it at this point. Yeah, well said. Uh, Portland is last in NBA offensive night rating, so they could use some DeAndre in their lives, Raphael. But I know that makes you sad. You are Duop yeah. Reed's number one supporter. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I did have him in my thir- in our thirty deep league. So, do I? I don't know, man. Like, if you're in a league of that size, you may have to hold on to him. Um, just for one, as Adam mentioned, you want to see what they do with Aiton in terms of minutes and how he produces. And also, at that point, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel for players as it is. So, if you have one that is relatively stable and will play a few minutes, you might as well hold on to him. In extremely deep league. Now, regular deep league standard, you're getting rid of Duop Reef as soon as possible because why? Why? You know, why hold him? So, you know, you kind of move on from him. Um, they've got some injuries on the perimeter, too. I think Malcolm Brogdon's still questionable for Wednesday. Um, Anthony Simons, I believe, I can't, I think he's either questionable. I believe he's questionable because he's added to that injury report late last night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got him. Shade, yeah, Shaden Sharp is going to be out for a few weeks. I don't want to say the name Matisse Thibel because he absolutely does nothing for you offensively. But if they have enough guys out, you may just throw them into a lineup just for the defensive potential alone. Um, nice. Scoot Henderson is going to get to shoot a lot more than he already has been, which will torpedo your field goal percentage. But <laughs> he can get you some points. So, yeah. Yeah, this he is like the first in that 31 point performance, right? What do you got? Like 33 <laughs> shot attempts for 31 points. <laughs> yeah. If you're playing for Portland this year, why not, Chuck? I mean, this is the also the first episode when we talk about Portland. We're not talking about their guard situation or one of their guards now. Uh, so I, I definitely found. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, sorry about that. But what I will add is if you're in a deep league, I would consider stashing Chris Murray right now. Because, look, they're approaching the point in the season where it's going to be like, we're not playing for a doggone thing at this point. So let's see what our first-round pick can potentially do. Um, and he shoots it a hell of a lot better than Matisse does. So I think Chris Murray may be exactly. someone to kind of stash for later in the season just to, in hopes that he will get extended minutes once they have to be, you know, intentional about their uh, their goals for this season, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, was going to say real quick, Vaughn, I was just going to say on top of that, for everyone's lack of faith in DeAndre Ayton and Jeremy Grant, I feel like Jabari Walker can also kind of mm-hmm. carve out a role late season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually, I think he's been just as good as, as Duop Reith, Um and he shoots the three. I know most of his minutes are being logged at small forward, um, but I think he definitely offers some some power forward eligibility there too. So um, he's another guy like a, in – you know, once it comes to playoff time and, and real silly season when people start tanking for real, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jabari Walker also gets, you know, 25, 30 minutes. That's all, all he needs is 25 minutes to produce. So um, I like him too. A lot of young talent in Portland. I'd be shocked. I'd be surprised if Aiton and Brogdon are both on Portland in March 2025. I have to say both yeah. those guys are probably going to move on from there. Um, speaking about, let's go to another guard, a team with a guard rotation. Uh, Adam, I'll start with you here, man. I saw you yawn like five minutes ago. I know it's early in the morning. We almost got you out of here, my friend. Uh, is Dennis Smith Jr. the play in Brooklyn now with Spencer Dinwiddie drama? Uh, yeah, I had this question on Twitter yesterday, I think. Um, it might be. Dinwiddie's been really bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I gave him a bit of a pass when they were in Paris because he was sick, um, and I thought he just played through an illness here, so let's give him um, a pass, but he, he's been bad the last two weeks. Uh, Dennis Smith seems to be coming for his minutes. They're closing with him. 
he gives you more. He doesn't score like uh, like Dinwiddie can, but gives you a lot more on the defensive end. Um, he's a good shot blocker, good rebounder. So, yeah, look, I've I've got Dinwiddie in two. No, one. I dropped him in, in a league. So, and I might have even picked up Dennis Smith. Um, picked up Dennis Smith in industry pickup last night. So, yeah, look, I, I I'm I think I'm okay with moving on from Dinwiddie if you've got him in a twelve team league. And, and I would, if Dennis Smith is available, I'd I'd probably grab him and just see where this goes. Because um, yeah, Dinwiddie. He's been pretty bad. And, and maybe Ben Simmons, I I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole about <laughs> Ben not. Simmons, but he's travelling with the team and, and that just complicates things. I'm not saying by any means go and grab Ben Simmons, but having him anywhere near the rotation complicates things a little yeah. bit. Um, and that only that only makes Dinwiddie more expendable, I think. Yeah, well... He's been Dennis Smith Jr. has been pretty solid in January so far. I mean, eight points, six assists, almost five rebounds, and two point four stocks, which we do love to see, Dan. Uh, and his contract is guaranteed, not in crypto. Uh, do you like him picking him up here over Dinwiddie? Um, I, I do like Dennis Smith Jr. right now. Um, he, he's kind of similar to Chris Dunn in the sense that they're not going to do a lot scoring wise, but they literally fill out the box score in every other way, mm-hmm. rebounding, assisting, and, and especially the stock. So the stock boost alone makes him fantasy relevant. I love that he got 32 minutes in the last game. I'm not concerned about Ben Simmons comeback story. I saw his post on Instagram. He's already doing the hype reels and stuff yeah. like that, but like we already know the ending of the story. So I feel like you can safely add, uh, Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith, just for now, and then kind of see where this kind of shakes out. Because I don't know, I, I think that Jacques Vaughn is just searching for something because this Nets team has been miserable. Um, Mikal Bridges is one of the probably the most notable buy lows right now because he's been awful. Like literally everyone on the Nets have been bad. So I think they just need to change the scenery. So I, I like what Dennis Smith has been bringing for him so far. Anything worth adding, Raphael? And uh, would you be going over to like selling crypto and stuff when you retire from NBC? Is that gonna be your next move? Still be around no. NFTs? Hell no, man. Um, to borrow a <laughs> phrase from Bomani Jones, I don't play around with that funny money, man. You know, so <laughs> that's that's how I look at crypto. But I would like to use this space to start a send Dejounte Murray to Brooklyn campaign. Ooh, I okay. think. Now, Ian Begley of SNY had a report uh, earlier today about, you know, the, the Nets needing to make some changes to that roster. You know, they think Jack Vaughn and Sean Marks are probably pretty safe there, but they do need to make some moves. And that point guard position is probably the, the most glaring issue. Um, Dinwiddie was even benched in that Portland game before they went out to Paris. Uh, maybe he was ill then as well, but to not play the last nine minutes of regulation, then overtime of that game, I think that was the first red flag there. Um, obviously, as Adam mentioned, he was ill over in Paris. Similar issue when they got their first game back in the States. Dennis Smith Jr., you pick him up if you can, but I'm telling you, man, it, you, you heard the, the rumors about Murray and the Knicks earlier this month. I think Brooklyn's a far better pick, better place for him because he would be in a situation where he would be on the ball as that primary guy. He needs to be that type of player on both ends of the floor. Um, so 
as much as I don't want to see the Nets improve, I think it, it, it feels mm-hmm. like common sense to add DeJounte Murray if they can get him via trade here. And if you have Murray rostered, I think that's one place you're rooting for him to go if he gets moved by the trade deadline. That's a good fit. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, it seems like he's definitely going to be on a move somewhere, but uh, Brooklyn would be a pretty cool spot to land. Um, I think it would also want... help Bridges because Bridges, yeah. he's not a number one scorer. I think we've learned that throughout the course of this season. You get someone who can been. make things happen as a scorer and a distributor next to him on a consistent basis. Maybe that boosts his fantasy value back up a bit. Is M- Mikel Bridges one of the uh, you know biggest disappointments of the fantasy season? I'd say lately. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess he's second round that. value for like a month or two ish, right? But like yeah. he was good in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. so it hasn't been all bad. I think it's just yeah. been lately; it's been really tough. I think it depends where you drafted him as well. Yeah. Um, he was probably going a little bit higher than he should have been mm-hmm. just because of people remembered what he did last year at the back end of the season. And I think a lot of analysts were sort of saying, we'll just pump the brakes a little bit. He's not going to be that good, but he was he was probably going fractionally high. So if you didn't have to reach for him, he's probably been all right. But but if you did, then yeah, a little bit underwhelming at times. Yeah, 26 points per game uh, in his 27 games with Brooklyn last year. Definitely raised his price uh, and his ceiling, but 21 points through 39 games this year. Uh, it's probably brought that back down. Uh, three guys I want to talk about before we move on to scheduling and who we're going to pick up this week. Um, LeBron James, De'Aaron Fox, Scotty Barnes. All three of these guys are ranked outside the top 140 in nine cat leagues over the past two weeks. Uh, Dan, is it time to trade in these guys, hold on to them, or not overreact? Uh, give me the list one more time. Is it LeBron, Scotty? De'Aaron Fox and Scotty. Of that group, I'd probably trade LeBron. I, I like where Scotty's at, especially with Pascal Siakam gone. And I'm staunch supporter of De'Aaron Fox and everything he does. I mean, he's just outstanding. Um Wish he would get back to his last year's free throw percentage. His, his free throw has definitely been tanking lately. That's impacted his fantasy value. But if you're looking at the pure numbers, this dude's a stat stuffer. So, um, yeah, I, I think given where the Lakers are also in their in their standing, LeBron's going to need to play. But if they keep losing, like what what's the end of the season going to look like? So I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, LeBron kind of taper off if the Lakers don't continue to win. Whereas I don't really have that problem with Scotty Barnes being the franchise cornerstone piece now and De'Aaron Fox squarely getting the Kings into a, a place where they're one of the top teams in the West. Well said. Adam, is there anyone you're looking at trading there? Are you holding all three of those guys? Uh, yeah, much like Dan, it, it might be LeBron. Um, we've started to see some cracks in the last couple of weeks. He's missed a couple of games. Um, we're used to him being on the injury report, but Typically, he plays through those injuries, but um, does seem – and look, I mean, he's 39, so we, we, we talk about father time and, and how he's this freak and never injured, that sort of thing. It, it's going to catch up. Like, he's only human after all. And so, yeah, he would be the one. I'd if, if he puts together a little run of top 20 production, I might try and move off of him. Uh, but the other two, pretty confident in their role. Um, yeah, with with uh, Pascal gone from Toronto, I think Scotty Barnes is is clearly their their piece. Um, 
So, yeah, those two I'm fine with. LeBron, maybe. Yeah, most leagues, it's probably not going to be hard to trade a guy named LeBron James, Raphael. So you're in a green there. What would you be looking back for, LeBron? What type of player or value? Man, that's a good question. His season-long value is pretty high. Um, so you may be able to, you know, top 25 player for the season. So you may be able to reach for that in terms of a return, but that's going to be difficult. I think you're looking maybe at like, I don't know, top 40, but you can also, obviously, as Adam mentioned, that LeBron bump, just being able to mention his name, put him out there as a trade. You may be able to get a little bit more from a value standpoint than you would for either of the other two guys. And I don't think I would trade Fox or Barnes as it is. They're in really good positions as far as their roles, um, so to speak. So I would hold both of those guys and just go down with the ship if, if they don't turn it around. But I think I'm pretty confident that they will. Yeah. Likewise, would you rather have Adam, LeBron James, or Jared Allen in fantasy? Uh, I don't know. They're very different like in terms of what you get from them. Like, need, I, yeah. I feel like you. I don't have Jared Allen anywhere, but if, if you had him, you'd really just have him for his efficiency, rebounds, and blocks. That That's all you're looking at from him, whereas LeBron is assists and points. Um, some threes, a little bit of defensive stuff. So very different in terms of projecting forward just on pure rank. Mm-hmm. Probably Jared Allen, even though I know his value has been sort of given a huge bump with uh, with Mobley out. I still think the Cavs are going to be pushing hard and, and his role is pretty secure and he does, typically doesn't get injured and, he, and he's not 39. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely helps to yeah, bring up Allen because he's third in nine cat over the past two weeks. Uh, Raphael, Dan, quickly, uh, who would you rather have, Jared Allen or LeBron James the rest of the season? Uh, I, that wouldn't be the trade I would be looking for, but I understand why Kingy would want Jared Allen there. Um, but I would just be concerned that we're not going to get that type of production when Jamal Mobley or when Evan Mobley returns um, as well as Darius Garland. So um, I'm going to take LeBron. I think I would take Allen. Um, Mobley may not be back until after the all-star break. So I think you can get another month of really good production from Allen. Um, and I don't think Garland's going to take away from him in terms of rebounding and block shots. So I think that's no. usually why you would have Jared Allen on your team to begin with. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. We talked about D'Angelo Russell earlier. I just have a feeling there's going to be like this almost LeBron and J.R. Smith-esque moment from the NBA Finals <laughs> where it's like he's wondering what D'Angelo's doing on a particular play. I just have a feeling we're headed to that point. Um, so, yeah, I think that's – yeah, give me Jared Allen. Um, I love LeBron, love all these accomplished, but yeah, I'm going to take Jared Allen in this scenario. And Dan, you heard Raphael say that uh, the Lakers in the NBA Finals having a moment. They'd be playing the Sixers for you to catch. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Your white Chris and your white whoa. elephant ticket, baby. No, 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 no. no. Hold on. <laughs> I said a similar moment to what we saw in that NBA Finals years ago. I didn't say they are getting there. Yeah, don't, don't put that. Don't put those words in my mouth, man. Hell don't me. put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> well, we got a uh, week thirteen. 
That's crazy that we've got this far in the season. Most teams have played 40, 42 games, so we're going to talk about the rest of the Week 13 schedule, who we're picking up. But uh, just as a reminder to everybody, Amazon Music, that's where you can find all your favorite NBC shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports. You haven't heard about number crispy yet. Well, then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Sports. So a lot of ga- a lot of teams have three games. A lot of teams have two games. Only the Clippers have one game this week. They're definitely someone worth staying away from. Adam, wake it up. You got five minutes. Give us who you're picking up <laughs> this week. And uh, anybody worth targeting uh, based on schedules? Uh, no. So I, I picked up Norm Powell. Last night, he did nothing, but I've dropped him because, as you said, they only have one more game. I think it's on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, avoid them. Uh, I streamed in um, Kevin Herter last night because the, the Kings play last night and they play tomorrow as well, which is another low-volume night. So they had a favourable couple of days, and, and then I'll drop him because he wasn't very good. Um, yeah, look, I mean, having a look at the the teams that, that have three games – for the remainder of the week. Um, as we know, the, the Spurs have a back-to-back. So if you have Wemby, just beware of the fact that he may sit one of those back-to-back games. We don't have word uh, yet on them. Um, yeah, I mean, the Knicks, if Brunson misses time, we talked about uh, McBride earlier. If, if Brunson is ruled out for, for a couple of games here, then they have a back-to-back the next couple of days. So... Maybe McBride is someone to to go and look at. Um, I picked up, we were talking about Duop Reith earlier uh, in the show. I dropped him in a league last night and picked up Larry Nance, uh, who's been pretty good for the Pelicans um, coming into the season. We we sort of talked about the fact that last year we saw him play alongside Zion and limited, um, uh, not Valanciunas, oh yeah, Valanciunas, um, a little bit. So... Yeah, look, he, he's someone, if he's available, which I'm surprised he was available in so many leagues. Uh, Larry Nance has been really good, and they have a back-to-back, I believe. Uh, or maybe they don't. Maybe they just have three games. Yeah, they have a couple games, I think. Yeah, oh, no, three only games, two games. But, yeah, yeah, okay. Two games, yeah. Two games, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I thought they had three. But anyway, two. So, um, But he's just a waiver wire guy if he is available um, that I'd be looking at. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I mentioned a lot, uh, I'm going to give you a fun fact, Kingy. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. has Crohn's disease, um, and so do I. But he's played through his career with that, 250 pounds with that disease. I don't know how that's even physically possible. That man's got money for supplements. Uh, Dan, do we get a shout-out for Kobe White this week at all? He gets Toronto, Memphis, and then the Suns on Monday. Uh, I definitely think yeah. he's going to have his run, but who are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, he's, he plays on Thursday, so that's a good thing. Um Alex Caruso was someone that I think is playing okay right now enough. Maybe you want to stream him on Thursday. I'm actually, we've talked about the Lakers a lot today, but one person we haven't mentioned yet is Christian Wood. He's still under 20% rostered. And now that Darvin Ham is, I don't know, I guess he believes in this rotation. He does believe that Christian Wood is their backup center. And he's been solid just in 20 minutes alone. He's been a top 75 guy over the last week. So, with matchups against um, Dallas, Brooklyn, and Portland, I think he's actually a guy that you can start, even if it's a bigger slate. Um, 
So I, I do like those matchups left. Um, we mentioned uh, Jeremy Sohan. I love it because, you know, as, as Kingy said, Wemby may not play on that back-to-back, and it's a Charlotte-Washington back-to-back, which is amazing. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be a big <laughs> night. Over the week. Um, yeah. Jeremy, and then, Jeremy Sohan uh, going for 30 on the back-to-back on Wemby sits. <laughs> I'll, I'll say at least 15, 6, and 5, though. He, he could get that with maybe a couple steals. Um yeah, after that, um, I love the Larry Nance call. Even though the, the Pelicans are playing two games, he's someone that I think might have value going beyond just week 13 just by how he's playing and the way that he's being utilized in that rotation. Um, and who knows? You know, the, with that Pelicans front court, someone could get hurt tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I, I think Larry Nance is just a solid insurance policy. Um, I think those are the main guys for me. And also Chris Dunn. Um, I just love Chris Dunn, Sim- similar to Dennis Smith Jr., uh, sk- similar skill set. So I think both of those guys will be uh, streamable right now. Back-to-back, Dan, preaching for Chris Dunn. What a time to be alive. Uh, Raphael, <laughs> what do you got this week? Um, we didn't discuss this trade uh, because it's the Pistons and the Wizards. But True. I would roll the dice on Marvin Bagley. I can't believe I'm saying this, but – in deep leagues, he's 9% rostered. They played three games the remainder of this week, including a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. Um, he's expected to be available on Thursday when they play the Knicks. Look, we don't have to watch Kyle Kuzma play backup center anymore. Um, that's like the biggest thing of this deal. And with Daniel Gafford not really a lock to play 30 minutes per game, I think Bagley, you, you're going to have some issues with the field goal percentage for one. And he can certainly torpedo your entire operation. Um, but I think, <laughs> hey, man, three games, why not see what it's all about here? See, Because that's a team where they really don't have a motivation to not play young guys like him and see what they have there. Um, who knows what, what the Wizards' the ultimate end game is? Because I feel like we've been saying this like the better part of the last decade or so, but Marvin Bagley, man, 9% roster. I think Isaiah Livers be someone to watch as well there. But, I don't know, Bagley's kind of intriguing to me in Washington because of their lack of bigs beyond Daniel Gafford. Gafford's yeah. actually out, I'm yeah, pretty Gafford's sure. Out concussion, yeah. Yeah, concussion. Mm-hmm. So, concussion can linger. Um, could be a Money game. Marv be time! A <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, oh, he's God. and I like the schedule, man. Like he plays uh the Saturday, he plays on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Like those are all startable days. So yeah, yeah this is this actually could be a Marvin Bagley experience that we're we're, we're at too. Oh my know. god, this is gonna be fun. We uh we we did disrespect the Detroit Pistons by not bringing up that they won their fourth. Basketball game this season, baby. Yeah, Round of applause. Gotta love it. There. Uh, they beat the Wizards. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Adam, before we let you go, we, we do want to know where you can find all your work and what you'll be doing this next week. But the most important thing, how many games will the Detroit Pistons win this year? Well, uh, I think they get to over 10. Um, okay. Just because just I, I think they'll get a couple of wins in that last two weeks where – like they'll play the Bucks or something, and the Bucks will be resting everyone. So I think they'll, 
I think they'll luck into a few wins down the stretch against teams that are getting ready for the playoffs. Um, and one other guy that I didn't mention who, I don't know, and this is a guy that I'm behind is Mark L. Fultz, who was probably dropped in a lot of leagues. Uh, the Magic have three games. And he played 26 minutes in the last game, I think, maybe 27. He closed. He had some six or seven assists. So I don't know, and he, and he had a, a nice uh, a nice dunk, which yeah. sort of showed me that maybe his knee is is a hundred percent. So yeah, if he was dropped, I don't know, maybe go and add him and, and just see if if he does eventually move back into the starting lineup. Um, my stuff fbibasketball.com, at Adam King ninety one on Twitter. Uh, we've got our usual shows. Uh, we're doing some live shows this week um, just to try and mix things up a bit. So. Uh, I've got a Thursday show. I've got a Friday show. I've got a Monday show, I think. Um, yeah, as well as the stuff that I'm doing for Roto Baller and Roto Wire, writing articles for them and, and helping with injury reports and all sorts of things. So I'm just scattered around uh, spreading the love. <laughs> we love to hear that. Raphael, you wanted to add something that looked like probably how the Pistons were going to beat the Knicks with two weeks left in the season. <laughs> You must be out of your mind, man. Hey, that's not <laughs> happening, but I think one last name I throw out there with three games this week, probably Cam Whitmore. Um, hey. They've got a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. Tari Eason being out has freed up rotation minutes for him. He and he and Gigi Jackson are kind of like cut from the same cloth where at times it's like they go into feels like leather mode and they're just going to shoot non-discriminately, but that can turn out to be a good thing at times. So I think Cam Whitmore – in deep leagues to be someone else to consider given Houston's schedule for the remainder of the week. Love that shout out too. Dan, anything worth adding before we get out of here? Um, for those that haven't picked up Vince Williams, Jr., Gigi Jackson, Xavier Tillman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are still missing out on Luke Kennard too. He's still under 25% yeah. rostered. And I think he could at least give you 12, five and five with a steal going forward. So um, he's going to get some time at point guard run the offense a little bit too. So yeah, I feel like, I feel like Luke Kennard's under roster right now. They only, Memphis only plays two more games this week, but you know, I think that this is a guy that might be able to hold for the rest of the season. So yeah, give him a look too. So this season's already begun in Memphis, Tennessee, my friends. Uh, you just named four different guys. John Morant means that much. Uh, but yeah. I want to thank you, Adam. You did a fantastic job today. We know you rolled out of the bed and rolled right into that chair. <laughs> uh, so go get yourself some breakfast. Go get something to drink and take care of yourself. Everyone watch and make sure you guys subscribe. Like the video from myself, Raphael, Dan, uh, producer Adam, and Adam King. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the Road to World Basketball Show. Enjoy your day, weekend, and all the basketball you can handle. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well, then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.